0: Welcome everybody on YouTube. This is our third and final session on the three sins that will utterly destroy your life if you don't take care of them. And we're gonna take care of them tonight. The other two that we covered were alcohol and sexual immorality. And tonight we're gonna be covering unbelief. Megan said there's a lot of green going on. I know, if Megan on YouTube, so I found this, this cool thing out. The reason I got green going on is because I'm trying to make it like Christmas colors. You know, tis the spirit. But uh the red light that we have is just not as powerful as I would like it to be. So you get like this tiny tint of red, but you get all this green. So what I did, and you can't see on Instagram, but you can see on YouTube, I made the Revival Way sign red. Here, I'll show people on Instagram. I made the sign red, and then we got the green in the background. So to me, it's glorious. I like Christmas I love Christmas, I should say. And uh, starting next week, we're going to have a little Christmas tree up here. It's going to be a good time. So if you haven't had fun already, we're going to have a great time. Good to see you, Yvette and John and Acacia on YouTube. God bless you guys. Thanks for joining me. Before we kick off tonight's third and final part of this series, Why God Hates Unbelief, I want to remind you, if you're not aware already, we're doing Christmas giveaways. So starting next Friday... What we're going to do is at the end of every week, I'm going to have a group of people that I've randomly selected, and I'm going to pick a person each week to win. I shouldn't say win, but to reward you with a Christmas present. Next week's Christmas present is going to be a pair of Apple AirPods. You can see right here. I'm not joking. They're the real deal. And the way that you can get a Christmas present, and I'm going to have the ladies at Revival Way wrap it up, put a bow on it, and ship it to you. It's going to be beautiful. You're going to love it. The way that you get a Christmas present is by doing these things. Number one, you've got to watch these videos. And at the end of every video, I tell you what steps to take in order to be a part of the raffle to win a Christmas present. So on Tuesday night, I believe, was it Tuesday or Wednesday? Wednesday night. On Wednesday night, I covered how to join the race for winning one of these Christmas presents. And the way that you do it is you go back and watch my last video, and at the end, I told you that if you like the video, you share it on your Instagram story, and you tag me in it, and then you tag three friends in the video, and then shoot me a message and say done, then your name will be added to this little Santa hat that I'm going to have, and we're going to randomly draw out of the Santa hat, and people are going to... Uh, have a chance to win these Christmas presents. The first one is going to be these AirPods. And then I think I want to do a pair of like really cool shoes next time. Uh, either some Air Force Ones or some Blazers. Something cool. Not just like something you'd pick up at Walmart, but something fancy and something fun. So if you want to be a part of that, that's how you do it. And it doesn't matter if you know me already. Anybody can be a part of this. It could be someone on my team. It could be a, uh, well... Actually, I take that back. If you're on my team, you can't be a part of this. But if you're part of the family, my family, you can definitely be a part of this. All right, here we go. Part three of the three sins that God hates. We got 100 people on TikTok right now, just over 20 on Instagram, and people are jumping up on on YouTube. Go ahead, share this with a friend, and let's get in to unbelief. You know, the Bible is very particular in the sense of every good thing that happens is tied to faith. I want you to type this in the comments, and I want you to write this down. Faith moves the heart of God. So, let's just do some simple math. If faith moves the heart of God, what do you think unbelief does? Unbelief quenches the heart of God. It hurts God. God sees unbelief as one of the most sickening sins in the Bible. You know, I remember about a year ago, maybe two years ago, I was praying. And while I was alone with the Lord, I was just questioning faith. And I was like, God, if a mustard seed of faith can move a mountain, what does that mean about unbelief? And the Lord spoke so clearly to me. And he said, Talon, if a mustard seed of faith can move a mountain, a mustard seed of unbelief can grow one. See, a mustard seed of unbelief in your life will actually grow a mountain in your life. Unbelief causes trial and distress. The same way faith moves mountains, unbelief will grow mountains in your life. And we don't want to be growing mountains. We're called and commanded to root up mountains and cast them into the sea in Jesus' mighty name. I want you to type this in the comments. Say, I'm a mountain mover. I'm a mountain mover. God gives you faith to move mountains. Jesus gives you faith to calm the storm. God gives you faith to function in the power and the authority of heaven on the earth. To be the hands and feet of Jesus. It says in Ephesians that all authority that was given to Jesus has been delegated to the church. We are the church. We walk in that authority, and we move mountains. We're not changed by circumstance. We change circumstances. Amen? Amen. Well, go with me, if you would, to John chapter 16. And as you're turning to John chapter 16, I want to clarify something. There's a difference between unbelief and ignorance. God does not punish ignorance. God does punish unbelief. Ignorance is easier to work with than unbelief. Because unbelief is the equivalent of arrogance. Ignorance can be changed through revelation. Somebody who's ignorant just isn't, they don't know what they don't know. But somebody who's walking in unbelief is walking in pride or arrogance. It's a lack of poorness in spirit. But the Bible says, blessed are those who are poor in spirit. You receive a blessing for being poor in spirit. When you're poor in spirit, you don't walk in spiritual pride. You don't have arrogance that thinks your denomination's got everything going on. That you're the only way to heaven. Arrogance will hold back the blessing of God. And arrogance is rooted and surrounded by unbelief. So if you're ignorant tonight, no one likes to admit that they're ignorant. But if you don't know what you don't know tonight, that's going to change by way of revelation. God's word brings light. The Bible says, the entrance of thy word bringeth light. God's word brings revelation. Revelation stirs faith. Faith believed and spoken moves mountains. So as revelation comes into your life tonight, faith will be activated, unbelief will be cast out, and you're going to watch mountains move. John chapter 16, starting in verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send Him to you. And when He comes, He will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in Me. Highlight verse 9 and underline it. The Holy Spirit, when He was poured out on the earth, came to convict of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Jesus said, the sin of the world is their unbelief in Me. Not just as the Son of Man not just as the Son of God, but as the Christ, the Anointed One, the One who is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Unbelief that Jesus is the Word, and in the beginning was the Word, and He was with God, and He was God, and He became flesh. The sin of the world is their unbelief in Jesus Christ as a whole. So God says unbelief is the sin of this world. If you remove unbelief, you are, you've are you already made it 99% of the way. Let's keep reading. Verse 10. Concerning righteousness, because I go to be with the Father, and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. So Jesus said, when unbelief is moved, when there's no unbelief and you believe on me, The Holy Spirit will take all that the Father has, which is what? Everything. All of existence. All of the universe. Holy Spirit will take all that the Father has and declare it to you. You will inherit all that the Father has on account of removing unbelief. In believing in Jesus Christ, the only Son of God. Now go with me to Psalm 78. Psalm chapter 78. Remember, what does unbelief sound like? Unbelief is not just saying, I don't believe in God. I'm an atheist. That's, that's not unbelief. I mean, that's unbelief in one sense, but that's not all there is to unbelief. Unbelief is saying, ah, I believe God did that back then, but he doesn't do it now. Anything that's against or contrast to God's word is unbelief. I want you to type this in the comments. Unbelief is rebellion of God's word or tor- to God's word. Rebellion to God's word. We'll put it that way. Unbelief is rebellion to God's word. And Tanya, good to see you on YouTube. We got a handful of people on YouTube. It's so good to see that. Unbelief is rebellion to the word of God. Psalm chapter 78, starting in verse 12. In the sight of their fathers, he performed wonders. So we're, we're talking about what God did in the wilderness here in Psalm 78. And why God's anger, his wrath is stirred up in this chapter. In this psalm, I should say. The Book of Psalms is not a book of chapters. In the sight of their fathers, he performed wonders. In the land of Egypt, in the fields of Zoan, he divided the sea and let them pass through it and made the waters stand like a heap. In the daytime he led them with a the cloud, and all the night with a fiery light. He split rocks in the wilderness, and gave them drink abundantly as as from the deep. He made streams come out of the rock, and caused waters to flow down like rivers. Yet they sinned still more against him, rebelling against the Most High in the desert. They tested God in their heart, by demanding the food they craved, they spoke against God, saying, Can God spread a table in the wilderness? He struck the rock so that the water gushed out, and streams overflowed. Can he also give bread, or provide meat for his people? Therefore, when the Lord heard, he was full of wrath. A fire was kindled against Jacob. His anger rose against Israel, because they did not believe in God, and they did not trust his saving power. God's wrath, God's wrath is stirred and aimed toward those who don't believe the evident signs that are all around them. So you see in Psalm 78 that there's wonder after miracle, after sign, after wonder. He gushes open a rock to to (laughs) satisfy the thirst of the people in Israel. A cloud by day, a fire by night, even the bread of angels was brought down to feed them. Uh, uh, doves just fall out of the sky. I mean, sign after wonder, after miracle. And they continued to test God in their heart. What does this sound like? All those crusty Christians that sit in church and they'll say stupid things like, well, why did my grandma die of cancer? Well, why is my uncle still an alcoholic? Well, why is this? Why is that? If God still does this, then why is that? They're all testing God in their heart. This is the sin of unbelief. Unbelief stirs the wrath of God. But the beautiful thing is faith is very simple. Brother Hagen used to say, faith is simply believing God at his word. Yes, crusty Christians. You get crusty, bench-warming Christians. That's what I like to call them. So same kids that didn't make high school sports and they didn't start, so they they bench warm and they sit on the bench and they make every excuse known to man as to why the favor's not in their way. Well, if the ref did this, if my coach, did, if I was the coach's son, I'd be the three point shooter. <laughs> if I was the coach's kid, I'd be starting at quarterback. That's the definition of a crusty Christian. Well, if God still moved, Aunt Sally wouldn't have died. It all sounds the same. Unbelief all sounds the same. It all sounds the same. So you see in Psalm 78 that there was multiple signs that were going on all around the people of Israel. As they were trudging through the desert. God performed miracle after miracle, but still they tested him in their heart. And that is when his anger was actually kindled toward them. Now go to Numbers chapter 13. Preacher Jay, God bless you, man. Go to Numbers chapter 13. You see one of the best stories that portrays faith versus unbelief. And there's a result Or a reward. I want you to type this in the comments. Faith brings reward. Unbelief brings consequence. Faith brings reward. Unbelief always brings consequence. Numbers 13. These are the spies that were sent into Canaan. Let's start at verse 25 at the end of the 40 days, they returned from spying out the land and they came to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation of the people of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. So showed them the miracle, showed them the proof of God's word that it was a land flowing with milk and honey. And they told him, we came to the land to which you sent us and it does flow with milk and honey. And this is its fruit. However, the people who dwell in the land are strong. And the cities are fortified and very large. And besides, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the Negeb. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the hill country. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the Jordan. But Caleb quickly or quieted the people before Moses quickly and said, Let us go up at once and occupy it. A beautiful portrait of the two sides of the Christian faith where you see faith, which always leads to reward and signs and wonders of miracles, where it's simply people that pick up the word and they say, if it's in here, it's for me. It's mine. I believe it. I own it. I'm running with it. I receive it by faith. I believe it and I speak it. They carry a spirit of faith. And then there's the other, and it's not even half. I wish I could say it was half. There's 10 spies that bring back a terrible report to the whole congregation of Israel saying it's true. Every word that God said, it's actually true. However, there's giants in the land. The Amalekites are there. The Canaanites are there. The Amalekites were known for like raping and plundering. The Canaanites were known as cannibals. So all they do is bring back this awful report and listen to the different results that happen here. Verse 30, but Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and occupy it, for we are well able to overcome it. Then the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we are. So they brought to the people of Israel a bad report. Unbelief always brings a bad report. I want you to type this in the comments. Unbelief equals bad report. I feel like I've got a... The miracle tour is like having an intimate moment in my comments right now. That's all right. You're you're, you're welcome to be in there having an intimate moment. So they brought to the people of Israel a bad report of the land that they had spied out, saying the land, though which we have gone to spy it out, is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people that we saw in it are of great height. And there we saw the Nephilim, the sons of Anak, who come from the Nephilim. And we seem to ourselves as grasshoppers in their sight. Now, if you know the rest of the story, what is the result of the two sides? The bad report got exactly what they believed. And they did not enter into the promised land. The consequence, remember I said earlier, unbelief always carries consequence. Faith always carries reward. Hebrews 11.6 If any man would draw near to God, he must first believe he's the God of the Bible, meaning everything he says in here is true, and that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. You seek God by faith. You seek God by getting in the Word, and hearing and hearing the Word brings faith. Your faith equals reward. Unbelief will always lead to consequence. The consequence of the report, the bad report from the ten spies, Ended up being that over 3 million Israelites, an entire generation, died in the wilderness. And they never inherited the promised land. That was the consequence. But go to Numbers chapter 14, verse 20. Then the Lord said, I have pardoned according to your word. But truly as I live, and as all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord... None of the men who have seen my glory and my signs that I did in Egypt and in the wilderness and yet have put me to the test these 10 times and have not obeyed my voice shall see the land that I have not o- or that I have sworn to give to their fathers. And none of those who despise me shall see it. But my but my servant Caleb because he has a different spirit and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land into which he went and his descendants shall possess it. The consequence of unbelief being that everyone in that generation that came back with a bad report and believed the bad report that they couldn't go in and take the promised land. They died and never stepped foot in the promised land. If you choose to have unbelief in your life, you will die before you ever see the promises of God fulfilled. But if you carry a different spirit about you, the spirit of faith as Caleb and Joshua, and Aaron and Moses carried. You will always walk into the land that God has already given to you. God said, go in and possess the land, for it is land I've already given to you. It's land I've already given to you. There's always going to be giants in the land. There's always going to be enemies. There's always going to be mountains that need to move. But a spirit of faith looks the giant right in the face and says, I'm going to take you out just like that. Unbelief will carry consequence. Faith will always carry reward. This is the sin of the world. Their unbelief in me. Like I said at the beginning. Unbelief. There's there's an old saying that says it's the same smell, different nostril. Unbelief is wrapped up in every denomination... You'll find it in just about any circle. You'll find you'll find a spirit of unbelief in charismatic Pentecostal circles just as much as religious circles that aren't spirit-filled. There's, there's, there's groups that I know personally that they they speak in tongues. They believe in signs and wonders and miracles, but they don't carry that spirit of faith. They'll pray for somebody and they won't get a result. And they, uh, well, must just be a giant in the land. Must just not be your will for God to heal you. Same smell, different nostril. But the sin of the world is their unbelief in me. Unbelief in Christ and unbelief in God is unbelief in Malachi 3.6 and unbelief in Hebrews 13.8. Malachi 3.6 says, I'm the Lord your God, I change not. I don't change, ever. God doesn't change. And then Hebrews 13.8, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore unbelief in Christ is the unbelief of the fact that he never changes, meaning that what he did then is what he's doing now. And it's what he'll continue to do, whether it's healing the sick, opening the eyes of the blind, bringing liberty to the oppressed, freedom to those that need, that are captive, proclaiming the year of the Lord's favor. Any area of those that people choose not to believe in is unbelief. But I know right now, if you're listening to this, it's exposed. The entrance of God's word brings light. Any area that you've doubted God in, you will never doubt him in those areas again in Jesus' mighty name. There's no mountain too small, there's no or too big, there's no instance too small in your life that God doesn't care about. The spirit of faith will move the mountains, it'll calm the raging seas, and you will possess every promise. That God has written for you. Over 8,800 of them. In Jesus mighty name. That's 8,800 prayers. That you don't even have to pray. You just got to go find them in the word. And possess them by your faith. So my series next week. Is going to be all on faith. What is faith? How do you get faith? How do you walk in faith? How do you increase faith? What's the spirit of faith? I'm going to cover all of it next week. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. All right, I'm going to give you five things that unbelief will hinder in people's lives. And then we're going to close off with that. Number one of the five things that unbelief will hinder in your life. The most obvious, salvation. Salvation is the first thing that unbelief will hinder in your life. The Bible says in Ephesians 2, that we are saved by grace through faith, lest any man should boast. And in Romans 10, it says that we hear the message, the word of God. We believe in our heart and we confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is the son of God. He came in the flesh. He died for us and he rose again. He's our Lord and our savior. For with the heart, one is justified. And with the mouth one confesses unto salvation. And it says in verse 13 in Romans chapter 10 that anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So number one area of people's lives that unbelief hinders is salvation. There was a man that grew up in a certain denomination that I knew, that I I still know. And he grew up in this denomination where less than 3% of the entire denomination believes they're saved. So less than 3% of the entire denomination gets up on any given Sunday and takes communion. Because they've been in church their whole life. They've heard the gospel their whole life from the moment they come out of the womb. And less than 3% of them believe that they're actually saved. Because they believe that you have to have some radical supernatural encounter. Like a dream or a vision. In order to genuinely be saved. Unbelief unbelief is rebellion to the Word of God. The Word of God is very clear. You hear the message, you receive faith to receive Jesus Christ, you believe in your heart, and it's all about your confession. As soon as you believe in your heart, you confess, you repent, turn away from your sins, you receive the free gift of salvation. Number two, area of people's lives that unbelief hinders, divine healing, and deliverance. You can put healing and deliverance. In Mark chapter 9, you see a story of a man whose son is tormented by an evil spirit. And as Jesus is coming back, he sees the disciples bickering. And they couldn't cast the demon out of the boy. And he said, what's the issue here? And the father said, my son has a spirit that convulses him into seizures and attempts to throw him into the fire and into the water to drown him and kill him. Your disciples could not cast him out. If you can, will you cast him out? And Jesus got indignantly, righteously indignant. And he said, if I can, all things are possible if you'll only believe. If I can, he got indignant, meaning he was upset, he was mad that he doubted, that he questioned. And the man said, I believe, Lord, help my unbelief. Unbelief was hindering the ability for that boy to be made well. And now what's the difference between believing and faith? Believing is the first step to faith. The Bible says in Hebrews 11, 1 that faith is the substance of things hoped for. So it's the revelation knowledge in your spirit, that substance that you hope upon. You hope upon God's word and his promises. And it is the evidence of things not seen. It says in Romans 5.17 that we call those things into existence which do not exist. And that the spirit of faith in 2 Corinthians 4.13, us believing, we speak. So we see that faith works by hearing the word of God, believing in our heart, and confessing. That removes unbelief and releases faith. But what did Jesus tell his disciples when they asked him afterwards? Why could we not cast the spirit out? Jesus gave an answer to two different questions. Number one, he said, well, I'll just, I'll make it easy for you. This kind only comes out by prayer and by fasting. Now, if you read the context of the entire chapter that you're reading about in Mark chapter 9, it's about unbelief. Remember, the conversation starts with unbelief. He said, oh, you faithless generation, how much longer must I hang out with you? It's all about lack of faith, unbelief. And he said, this type of demon and this type of unbelief comes out by prayer and by fasting. When you meditate on God's word, you pray and you fast, unbelief will leave your life, as well as an increase of power and anointing to remove demonic forces in people's lives. Prayer and fasting will remove unbelief from you. You'll receive divine revelation of God's Word, which will increase faith, remove unbelief. Number three area of people's lives that unbelief hinders. Dominion and inheritance. Dominion and inheritance. What happened in Numbers 13? You saw in Numbers chapter 13, there was an inheritance already waiting. God had promised Abraham, Your descendants will have this promised land that flows with milk and honey. There was already a promise of an inheritance given to the Jews. But the spies came back, and those with unbelief did not receive the inheritance that was already theirs to receive. But the two that did took their families in, and occupied the land. They received their inheritance. Unbelief will hold back people from taking dominion in the kingdom and from receiving their divine inheritance. You remove unbelief, you walk in faith, you'll receive the inheritance of the promises of God's word. And then number four, harvest. Unbelief will hinder a harvest. The Bible says in Galatians 6, God will not be mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, he will also reap. And it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, that those that give with a cheerful heart, God makes all grace and all sufficiency at all times and all things abound Toward them in every good work. Well, unbelief and joy never go together. Faith and joy always go together. When you give in faith, you give in joy. When you give in joy, you give in faith. But when people give just to give, when they're penny pinchers, or when they mess up their seed by speaking unbelief, it will hinder the harvest. So in five areas tonight, you're going to see your life radically changed. Your salvation story, dominion over sin, and the baptism of the Holy Ghost. By your faith, you're going to receive a fresh touch from heaven tonight. Number two, in divine healing and divine health. By believing on God's word and kicking unbelief out the door, you're going to receive, walk in, and even minister divine health to other people. Number three, according to your faith. You're going to find yourself taking dominion in the kingdom and reaping the inheritance that has been paid for you. And finally, number four, those seeds that you've been planting in the ground, those harvests are going to come back to you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over in every single area of your life in Jesus' mighty name. Some a hundredfold, some sixty-fold, and some thirty-fold. But everybody's receiving a harvest. Those are the four areas you're going to watch faith begin to work in your life tonight, in Jesus' mighty name. And if you agree, say amen. Amen. Hey, Michelle on YouTube. Shan on YouTube. God bless you, everybody. Well, this has been the sin of unbelief. You know, it's a Friday night. We've had a ton of people join us. I'm so pumped up. Normally on Friday night, it's relatively slow. But I'm honored that you would come and spend Friday night with me. Now hang around. I'm going to tell you how to get these Christmas presents. But first, I want to pray for people. Anybody on here right now that you've struggled with unbelief. You know that unbelief has had a hold of you. I want to break it off of you. And I'm going to pray that God just smacks you with the spirit of faith right now. In Jesus' mighty name. Close your eyes. And put both hands up toward heaven. Father in Jesus mighty name. I break the spirit of unbelief off your people now. I command it leave. I bind it. I loose it out of here in Jesus name. And I loose the spirit of faith. To consume their life. That they will never rebel against your word another day in their life. Today is the day that they go in. And they walk in their promised inheritance. They take that territory that you paid for. They move those mountains. They cast up those valleys. They make a way where there was no way according to the spirit of faith and according to your word. From this day forward in Jesus mighty name. And if you receive it, type in the comments, I receive it. In Jesus mighty name. Amen. And amen. Well, before I tell you how to get these Christmas presents, I want to give people an opportunity to give. As you know, we reached 150 million people last year. My goal is to reach 200 million people. And a surprise Let's see if I can get focused on YouTube. There we are. Oh, sorry. Went out of focus on YouTube. We're back. So as you know, Revival Way Ministry, we feed 25 kids every single day with a group called Feed the Hungry. And this Christmas season, I've decided we're going to feed 1,000 kids for Christmas. We're upping it quite a bit. We're going to feed 1,000 kids this Christmas, and you can help us to feed those 1,000 kids. I've always had a heart to feed the hungry. The Bible says there's a special blessing that comes on a person when they help to feed the hungry. So tonight, by your financial giving, you can walk into that blessing that God has for those that feed the hungry. So not only are we gonna feed a thousand kids, we have eight other ministries that we also support financially. So when you give to this ministry, you help us support not only ourselves with preaching the gospel and feeding the hungry, but to also help eight other ministries do the same thing. So we're very thankful for your giving, And Jesus said, it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. Because when you give to the work of the ministry, God sees your giving. Remember it says in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus said, when you give, don't tell your right hand what your left hand is doing. For your father who sees in the secret will reward you in the open. God sees when you give to the advancement of his kingdom and he rewards you accordingly. Jesus said, where a man's money is, is where his heart will be also. So if you have a heart tonight to help feed hungry kids and to advance the kingdom of God, I want to give you an opportunity right now to give to the ministry. As you can see on YouTube, the different ways you can give is through Venmo, through Cash App and through PayPal, all at Revival Way, one word. And I'm going to say the same thing I said last week. I'm going to encourage people, give the biggest amount you've ever given. You know, there was a moment a couple of months ago when the Lord told me to give $1,000. And at the time, it was the biggest offering I had ever given at one time. But it broke loose a crazy amount of finances in this ministry. When I gave that $1,000, we had almost $20,000 come in shortly after that. And I know it shook loose the blessing of heaven. God multiplied the seed that I put into the ground. So take today, and some people can't give a 1000 but some can It's not about the number, it's about the portion. What is a lot to you? If Jesus said, where a man's money is, that's where his heart is. Put your heart into the hands of Jesus tonight. Get a dollar amount that moves the heart of God. Uh, uh, An old man of God once said, if it doesn't move you, it won't move God. Find a dollar amount that moves you and watch it move God tonight. Take it out of your hand like the little boy with the two fish and the five loaves and put it into the hands of Jesus tonight and watch him multiply it in Jesus mighty name. So go ahead, ask the Lord what he would have you give tonight to the advancement of the kingdom and feeding the hungry. You can also go to my website, revivalway.com and click partner financially today. If you haven't partnered financially already, those that become monthly partners, what I do is I send you this book, the seven laws that you must honor to have uncommon success. And I add you to our monthly Zoom session. Now, in order to get the book, when you become a monthly partner, you got to go on my website and go to claim my offer on the website. And it'll have you send me an email with all your information. And that's how we get the book to you. So don't forget, when you become a monthly partner, go click claim my offer. Amen. And we'll add you to our monthly group. Where I give you all the secret details of social media and stuff like that. This is all the info for Feed the Hungry. If you're not familiar with Feed the Hungry, you can go find them on Instagram and go to their website. I believe it's feedthehungry.org. Something like that. But we're going to feed a thousand kids this year. In Jesus' mighty name. And I'm so excited for it. Also, we've got a revival coming up. As you can see on the screen on YouTube. December 31st, January 1st, and January 2nd. We've got three days of revival out here in Northwest Iowa. If you want to get healed, if you need a miracle in your life, if you need a touch of the Holy Ghost, come to these revival meetings. Start off your year 2022 in the right direction and watch what God will do for you. All right, let me pray for everybody that's giving financially. If you're on Instagram and you're watching this right now, The ways to give are Cash App, Venmo, PayPal, all at Revival Way. It'll be down in the description of this video. Father in Jesus' mighty name, I thank you for every person that's giving to the ministry right now. I pray a blessing over them. I join my faith with them now. That where two agree on a thing, it is done and established. Thank you that your word guarantees that they will reap a harvest according to their faith. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. All right, everybody. Be blessed. Have a great weekend. I'm heading down to Louisiana to go see Pastor Mark and Trina Hankins and Pastor Stan and Mary Pody and go see my friends down there. It's going to be a great time. I love you so much. Have a blessed weekend and tune in next week because next week's series is going to blow your socks off. You're going to love this. Don't forget, if you're watching on Instagram, on TikTok, or on YouTube, share this with a friend. Hallelujah. Share this with a friend. It will change their life. God bless you. I love you with my whole heart. Adios. I'll see you next week.